Morning. Uh, my name is David. I'm the lead pastor here at Renovation Church. Uh, morning to you. Uh, we are online for the time being. Uh, kind of cool to be live with you on Sunday morning, though. A huge shout out to Colin Schultz and our tech team. I wish I could just show you the sheer amount of equipment in this room right now in our church office basement that is even making this possible, that we can be live with you on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever you're watching this this morning. We're excited that you are, that you're with us. You know, as we uh, shift back to online services for a little bit, uh, we are going to be starting a new series this morning called Songs from the Heart. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at different psalms from the Old Testament in the Bible. Now, the psalms were songs. They were uh, worship songs where the writers talked to God. And there are 150 psalms in the Old Testament. And so for the next 150 weeks, I'm just kidding, (laughs) we're going to take maybe five or six weeks here and look at a few different uh, songs, psalms from the heart. And what you see when you read through the psalms is the psalms really cover every condition of the human spirit. You'll find joy, you find praise, you find anger, you find frustration, you even find despair when you read through the psalms. And today, we're going to see a writer, a psalmist, as they're called, uh, who's really spiritually down. They're going through a difficult season, and you'll see him wrestling in this pain, and then almost paradoxically hoping in God at the exact same time. So if you have a Bible, uh, I encourage you to grab one. We're going to be in Psalm 42 today. Uh, You can also follow along in the Renovation Church app. We just have a Bible and weekly verses. Uh, To all the kids that are watching, uh, if you can read, I encourage you to find a Bible where you can read this and have it in front of you. If you even need to pause it for a second while you go find a Bible, uh, that's a great thing to do, to just have God's word in front of you. And you're going to see kind of this constant back and forth as we read through Psalm 42. In one moment, it's going to feel like this is a really solid believer trusting in God. And in another moment, it's going to feel like he's incredibly down. In fact, it's 11 verses, but I'm going to read through the whole Psalm in one chunk because I want you to feel just how life is sometimes. It's this mixture of hoping in God and in despair at the same time. So we're going to read through the whole thing and then we'll talk through it. So this is Psalm 42, uh, starting at verse 1. He says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Well, people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, The Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him 
my Savior, and my God. You know, this is a psalm that I think many of us need right now. Maybe you feel worn out or empty. This has been, for many of us, a long, hard year. Maybe you're losing your business right now. Maybe you're on furlough from your job. Maybe distance learning has been incredibly difficult for you as a student or as a parent. Maybe you've been sick. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Or maybe you've just been crying out to God lately and you're asking him to move in your life and talk to you and it just feels like he's been silent. And you're maybe just not experiencing him like you used to and you just feel spiritually down. Maybe you feel like the psalmist who says, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Where are you, God? And so as we walk through the psalm today, what I want to do is I want to give you a few things that you can do and a few things you need to know if you're feeling spiritually down like this psalmist. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, <clears throat> these are a couple things you can do if you're in this phase. And if you're not in now, certainly you will be someday. This is kind of life as a Christian. So a couple things you can do. So number one, when you're feeling spiritually down is it's important to remember the good times. So write that down. Remember the good times. And this is what the writer is doing. If you, if you still have the text in front of you in verse four, he says, ah, oh, I remember I used to go to the house of God with all the people, almost like a parade and we were worshiping and oh, those were amazing times with God. It's so critical, especially when you're down to purposefully remember God's goodness to you in the past. You know, sometimes the seasons of spiritual lows can be so dark that that darkness doesn't allow you to see the good things that God did for you in the past. I've seen this uh, principle, this principle of remembering the good times, kind of just playing out in my own life lately. You know, if I could be totally totally honest with you, um, this is about as tired as I've ever been in ministry. Uh, It's the last, for the last six years, I've just been running really hard as a leader, as a pastor, to get us to this building. And it's taken an insane amount of work. And I'm tired. But I tell you what, our, our service, our farewell service that we did at North Point last Sunday was sort of a jolt in, in the arm to me to remember that this is why we're doing this. This is why we work hard. And God has been so, so good. It's so critical to remind yourself of his goodness to you in the past. Uh, for those of you who are, are artistic or those of you that you just like to make lists or whatever, is there a way that you could draw out or you could even write out God's great movements in your life in the past? I mean, what if you had a list of five great things or 10 great things that God has done in your life the past 10 years or the past 20 years, and you could put it up in your kitchen or in your bathroom or someplace where you could see that and you could purposely remember, especially when you're down, that you could remember, you could actually see clearly what God has done for you in the past. That's a critical thing when you're spiritually down. Okay, I'm going to give you another thing that we can see from, of course, this isn't comprehensive, but this is what we see from this psalmist in Psalm 42. A second thing is this. So the first thing was remember the good times. The second thing is preach to yourself. Uh, We see this playing out in verse five. So look at verse five, if you have it in front of you. He says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? This is kind of the refrain of the psalm. It comes in again at verse 11. In fact, if you go to Psalm 43, you'll see it there as well. And then he says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He's literally talking to himself. 
He's talking to his soul. And what's fascinating is he's not just talking, he's preaching. So he's going, why am I so down? And then it's like he grabs a hold of himself. He says, hey, hey, soul, soul, listen here. Put your hope in God. He's preaching to himself. Uh, The great pastor uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says this in his book, Spiritual Depression. He says, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself rather than talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment that you wake up in the morning. He says, you have not originated them, but they are talking to you and they're bringing back the problems of yesterday. He says, someone is talking to you. Who is talking to you? It's yourself talking to you. He says, now this man's treatment in Psalm 42 was this. Instead of allowing himself to continue to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. First, he starts with, why, my soul, are you downcast, he asks, because his soul has been depressing him. It's been crushing him. So then he stands up and he says, okay, self, listen for a moment. Now I will speak to you. And he starts preaching to himself. This is part of how you turn the corner when you're stuck in a spiritual low. You speak, you preach truth to yourself. Well, the truth of what? of how great you are, of how happy you should be. We just go over a bunch of positive mantras. No, no, no. You preach the truth of who God is and why he's worthy of your hope and faith. Charles Spurgeon used to counsel people when they were spiritually low. And he would say, you know what? I think you should try something really different for the next 24 hours. And he would say, for the next 24 hours, instead of continuing to just let yourself talk to yourself, I want you to stop thinking about yourself entirely. See if you can do it for 24 hours. And as in as much as you possibly can in 24 hours, I want you to devote your mind to thinking about why Jesus Christ is worthy of your hope. Again, make a list. Write it out. Why is God good? Why can you hope in him? Why is he powerful? Why is he loving? You study his faithfulness in scripture. Study his goodness, his love for you, the future that he has for you. Write it out. Write it in poetry. Write it in Microsoft Excel if you're into that sort of thing. Like whatever works for you, write it out. You see, in a way, good theology is the greatest therapy. I mean, after all, what is therapy besides just sitting across from a counselor who is going to write your mind onto the truth of who you are and who others are and how you relate to them. Well, it's the same thing. Good theology is the greatest therapy because when you're in, a, you're in a spiritual low, you take your mind and you write it onto the truth of who God is and that he loves you and that he has a plan and that he's taking care of you. But I think there's something even more critical than studying who God is when you're in a spiritual low. It is meeting with God. Okay, so the first thing, what to do when you're in a spiritual low. First thing was remember the good times. Second thing, preach to yourself. The third thing is this, look for God in the deep. Look at verse seven again. Verse seven says this, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. You know, when I first became a Christian, we used to always sing that that song, come Lord Jesus, come. I think it's actually called all who are thirsty, if I recall correctly. But there's a line in that song from this psalm. It says, as deep cries out to deep, 
we sing, come Lord Jesus, come, right? And I used to always sing that, and I would go, I have no idea what that means. As deep cries out to deep. Now look over at everybody else in the worship service, and they'd be going, as deep cries, and they're just singing, right? And I'm going, I, I must be the only one in the room that doesn't understand what this means, but I don't understand. But if you look at the verse, the whole verse, not just as deep calls out to deep, you look at the whole verse, and particularly you look at the whole psalm, right? Because context, we always say this, context matters when you study scripture. What it's saying is actually a little easier to see when you look at it in context. The writer is saying this, even though it feels like this forceful waterfall has come in and knocked him down and rushed over him, even though it feels like God's waves have just swept over him and pulled him down into the deep water, it's there in the deep, in the chaos and the confusion of the drowning waters. It's there in the depth of his pain. It's there that God calls out to him again in the deep, as deep cries out to deep. It's in the greatest of his depths that God spoke to him. He says that he sang his songs to me in the night. See, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've drifted, no matter how far you feel from God right now, God is with you in the deep. And as the psalmist says, you cry out to him in the deep. As deep cries out to deep, he is there with you. And when you start looking for him in the deep, you might find that surprisingly, you actually see him more clearly than you did in the shallow waters of prosperity. I read a, a Spurgeon sermon of this week where he said, you know, it's when we're knocked down flat on our faces, we are generally the nearest to heaven. I was talking about this particular psalm with uh, Dave Anderson from our church this week. Many of you know Dave. Uh, Dave was a, a, he's a retired pastor of, uh, of 40 years. And we were talking about this psalm, Psalm 42. And, and Dave said this to me. He said, you know, sometimes we're, when we're in the confusion of the deep, a lot of us just want to get out as fast as we can. And then he looked at me with the intensity and the passion that he has for Jesus. And he said this, but don't run out of the deep until you've met God there. That is so good. God can use the deep. And it's often in the deep when we cry out to him and we hear him cry back out to us that we see him and we meet him and we understand him better than ever. And if you're down and you're not sure that you've ever really met God, let me tell you what C.S. Lewis once said about that. He said this. He said, you know, a car is made to run on gasoline, and it would not run properly on anything else. And he said, now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way, without bothering about religion. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. And so for some of you, you're not going to get out of this funk that you're in until you really come to know Jesus Christ and you really surrender your life to him. Jesus is God's son whom he sent to earth 
to die on the cross for your sins. And the Bible says that if you would believe in him, and you would trust that he died in your place for your sins, that he would come into your life, he would forgive you of all your sins, you could have a relationship with him, you could know him and go to heaven, be in a relationship with him for eternity, and it will absolutely transform your life. And so for some of you watching this, no, nothing will change until you really surrender your life to Jesus and let him in. And I pray that you do that. So call out to him, because even in the deep, he is there with you. Let me pray. Lord, I I pray for anyone who's watching this today that feels like they're in the deep and they feel far from you. Lord, I pray that this truth of who you are and your love for them and your passion for them would just ring true as they think about it today. Lord, I pray that sometime, sometime soon, God, it's hard to be in the deep. I pray that sometime that you would meet them in the deep, that they would hear your voice in the deep, God. And they would know your love like they've never known it before. It's in your name we pray. Amen.